This is the John Oakley Show podcast. With our friends Catherine Swift and Peggy Nash, we'll take it to the top of the hour. Uh, we were discussing uh, the budget, and of course, Justin Trudeau, how his credibility may have been drawn into question as well. Of course, uh, this is why we have Peggy and Catherine come in because it offers a different perspective than some of us might actually have. You know, that's uh, Justin <laughs> we experience Trudeau. things differently. <laughs> Para- <laughs> paraphrasing. Well, you know, uh, now this is interesting because Justin Trudeau suggested uh, during this whole Jody Wilson Raybould SNC Lavalin thing that. Uh, Apparently, it came out that SNC Lavalin had threatened that they were going to pull up stakes and maybe move their headquarters from Montreal to London. Jobs would be lost. It became one of the uh, key points in the whole equation. But now, uh, SNC Lavalin CEO Neil Bruce, uh, he's claiming otherwise. Says he never told uh, anybody something to that effect, and he says SNC's employees will be forced to work for American or European competitors if it's convicted in a criminal trial and barred from bidding on federal contracts for a decade. Give a listen. Well, we are a proud Canadian company operating on an international stage, and there's not many of them. We continue to you know, expand and do fantastic technical uh, work for uh, our customers. All right, uh, that's the wrong clip. Uh, let me just then paraphrase uh, exactly what he did say. He basically maintained he never told anybody, the prime minister or anybody in the PMO, that this was going to be a consequence. So in other words, that doesn't align with what the prime minister had to say on the matter and what was uh, given up as testimony in the hearings uh, before the Justice Committee. <laughs> so again, the issue of credibility comes into play here. Uh if they made it up out of whole cloth to scare Jody Wilson-Raybould into responding a certain way and intervening in the prosecution, again, I don't know if that's uh, obstruction of justice, but uh, the credibility issue, again, has reared its head. But, John, when you think about how that whole scandal unfolded and continues to unfold, and I think will for some time to come, um, initially that wasn't their argument. The jobs thing wasn't their argument. They arrived at that. You, you could see they were trying on different, you know, excuses for size, and then they glommed onto the jobs one. I think they said, oh, this one seems to be getting some traction. I, so I, I don't think in the in the when they were actually trying to lean on Jody Wilson Raybould, they probably even mentioned jobs. It was just these these buddies of ours that have given a wackadoo to the party uh, want this deferred prosecution agreement and they should have it type of thing. And, and the jobs thing, you know, only came later when they were looking for an excuse that they thought would fly. No, it it came up actually in the testimony in her testimony. She uh, and I cannot remember it was which the Quebec company witnesses, but yeah, the Quebec company were going to lose votes. But and Trudeau's um, it seat did, is in it Quebec. did come up the issue of the loss of jobs. It might have been Michael Wernick who raised it. It might have been the well, regardless, and guy. the CEO never intimated that that was really at stake or in yeah. play. And so, but he, you know, it has been a nice cover for the prime minister in the house because if you see any clips of him responding to anything on SNC Lavalin. It allows him to stand up and give a little speech about how the Liberals defend jobs. Except, and it turns out this is all hot air. Well, it is. According to the CEO, as I said, I just paraphrased Neil Bruce. He never brought it up. It didn't come from his lips. But, you know, on the credibility issue as well, uh, here's another blow to the Prime Minister uh, on the feminist front. Uh, MP Selena Cesar Siobhan from Whitby Ajax just decided to quit caucus, going to sit as an independent. She told the Globe and Mail that when she first told Trudeau she didn't plan to run again in October, he became hostile towards her. Quote, he was yelling. He was yelling that I didn't appreciate him, that he'd given me so much, end quote. 
PMO denies it, says there was absolutely no hostility. But on this matter, uh, it's starting to again uh, redound against him, I guess, this feminist uh, cred that he's for so long wrapped himself in. Uh, earlier today, Candace Bergen, who's the conservative MP and leader of uh, their house, uh, here's what she had to say on the matter. Listen. Why is it that he can't see when he silences women, when he yells and screams at them, when he says that their experiences are just different perspectives? He is demeaning all women and showing what a fake feminist he is. All right. Well, Peggy, you were there in the house. It gets robust at times. But uh, is this an Achilles heel for the prime minister? Well, it sounds like he's being hoisted on his own petard. He, uh, you know, if you're going to set yourself up as as so far above everyone else and a real role model, then you have to walk the talk. And it sounds like he, you know, it, often they say the people closest to you know you best. It sounds like the people he worked with most closely in his caucus had a very different experience of his quote-unquote feminism. And whether it's around Indigenous issues or respect for women or listening to women, it sounds like he has failed. If you're going to bring, if you're going to brag about bringing all these talented, independent-minded women into your caucus, these nonpartisan women, and they proceed to use their talent and skill and intelligence and act independently, you can't you can't then turn your back on them and try to pressure them into acting the way you want them to act. That's what this looks like. We the problem is we don't know for sure because the liberals have shut down an investigation when we have not heard from some of the key players. And I think people get a little confused because we did hear from Judy Wilson-Raybould. But what people, a lot of people don't understand is that he still has a gag order on her for part of the period under discussion. And unless he lifts that gag order and unless he allows her to testify, we really are not going to know what happened. Well, this is why uh, there hasn't been satisfactory closure on this affair. It's only ramped up and we've got this motion being presented as a, a matter of protocol by the Conservatives today to pull an all-nighter with all these votes, over 200 confidence votes that are going to be recorded votes. Those I mean, are killers. You, Honestly, being all night in the House like that is, well, and this is it's why, challenging. But it's to uh, make a statement to say uh, this is not going away quietly, nor yeah. are we. But here's my question, though, because uh, do you think either of you, that this will impact the female vote, which in large measure helped put them over the top. Same as millennials back in 2015. There were uh, aggregate polls that came out, an aggregate, I guess, of uh, Ipsos, uh, Abacus, and Angus uh, just this last week. And uh, it says that they're leaking badly on the millennial vote as well as with females, although still slightly marginally ahead of the conservatives. Catherine, do you think this is going to cost them female-wise? Well, I think it will. Um, however, traditionally and historically, women tend to vote liberal uh, or Democrat in the U.S. more so than they vote conservative. That's just a long historical trend. And I, I doubt that will change. But I do think, given the disproportionate amount of that vote that he got in 2015, he's going to lose some of that for sure. Peggy, your thoughts? Yeah, it's, it's hard to tell yet uh, how that vote is going to go. I think we haven't heard the last of the SNC-Lavalin story. Every day this seems to trickle out. That's not good for the Liberals. I think they would be wise to just rip the Band-Aid off, let the story come out, and then try to put it behind them, unless it is so terrible they know they can't recover from it. But um, I think they're they're suffering from a drip, drip, drip of this story 
And will it be corrosive enough to really erode their vote? Um, I, you know, it, it, it may. I think, you know, once you lose trust in someone, it's very difficult to get it back. It's like Humpty Dumpty, hard to put back together again. But maybe there are even more ominous uh, signs or clouds on the horizon if uh, we should even come close to a recession, given that now the economy has stalled. Mm-hmm. You know, they're talking up, uh, okay, we're into deficit for $19.8 billion, but uh, the debt-to-GDP ratio is what's going to save us. It's uh, now around 30%, even though they promised to be around 27%. Uh, if interest rates rise or uh, you know a recession kicks in, those numbers change, don't they, Catherine? They change very, very quickly, um, and we've seen it. I, the only governments I have ever seen that stake their claim on the debt-to-GDP ratio are super big spending governments, and, and the, the others do look at other indicators as well. Um, the, the thing about debt-to-GDP, you're absolutely right, John. There's so many things out there. When, when, when I looked at this budget and the economic projections in it and everything, they're assuming the economy is going to continue to grow for the next you know, four- to five-year period. Well, all the indications are that that is not going to happen. I mean, nobody can perfectly time a recession, perhaps, but we could be in one now, given what happened in the fourth quarter of last year and some of the indicators we've seen in the first quarter of this year. The things are thing definitely slowing. The thing that I think slowing. you have to look at, though, is the U.S economy. The U.S. economy is still quite strong. It would be very unusual for, I mean, you know, you never know what could happen. But right now, the economy in the in the States is strong. It would be unusual, not unheard of, but unusual for us to go into recession with the U.S. economy still strong. So we're riding their coattails. Well, we, the, oh. Yeah, I find that perverse because for all the so-called Trump hatred, th- that's one of the reasons <laughs> that Canada's <laughs> Economy's doing well, or relatively well. All right, we'll end on that note. I appreciate your coming in. As always, Catherine Swift, former head of the Canadian Federation of Independent uh, Business, as well as Peggy Nash, visiting Prophet Ryerson, and former NDP MP for Parkdale High Park. Have a great uh, rest of the week and weekend. You See too, you next John. Time. All right. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 